Studio One is like this new platform that I've been doing for me like mm -hmm. six months. Um, you know, I've written for like Clash, the 405, and like yeah, Toronto yeah, yeah. publications. But for me, I took a trip over to London, and like they were just telling me like, "How are you from Toronto? But you write for us, kind of thing." And they were kind of like, "You should build your own thing, right?" And I, I was thinking about moving there too, but they mm -hmm. like really got in my head about building my own thing. So. For me, Studio One is kind of what I've always wanted the city to have, like international artists being interviewed and like local mm -hmm. artists being highlighted and just this all-encompassing, like all genres going to be in the space kind of. Yeah. So for, for Well, that's, I've seen, I've seen quite a bit of the other stuff you've done and it's really exciting, man. I love the production's great. Yeah. Mike is amazing. He does our production. Um, but yeah, you were etched on as a name that I really wanted to get to. And, wow. I, and you know, in, in March, when you're supposed to you not know, show, that's when, but you know, all things connect usually. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's getting you on studio one definitely was bucket list things. But, um, can you just briefly introduce yourself or, you know, studio one audience? I am bad child. Talk to me about growing up in Kitchener. I know I, when I asked you, it was more like, for me, at that time, you know, when you think about like artists in Toronto or in Canada, they're either from a big market or they move into, you know, a different area. But mm -hmm. the way I asked you, it was, you know, how was it like growing up in Kitchener and kind of being in this small town and really wanting to pursue music? Like, I remember you're like, you told me it was kind of like you felt like you can be a musician anywhere. So just like, again, talk, yeah. yeah, so talk to me about that. Well, when I grew up in Kitchener, I mean, Kitchener is like a very interesting place. It's got a pretty high crime rate, like good and bad people. And like, you know, I filtered through both groups, like, you know, towards the end of high school, I hung out with like a lot of like just nasty people. And, you know, um, they were in, in the so-called like Kitchener music scene yeah. and, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of good, a lot of bad people and, you know, it's got its own, uh, its own ecosystem. And it's very funny because it's, it's so close and connected yet. There's so many, uh, like, like Kitchener has a very intense blues scene, like tons and tons of blues bands. I, I, I never really been a part of that. Yeah. Like when, when I started, uh, music in general, it was, uh, the hip hop scene in Kitchener. That was that was it. I didn't I didn't rap, but I, I, I sang, and I was like, I can produce. And so the first records I ever made were were all hip hop records, and you know, they were all local hip hop artists. And like, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. And and, and uh, you know, life is happening fast. The first hip hop record I ever made was with a, a kid named Corbiel Gani, who uh, is like a a really good dude, and uh, he, he like a. Um, last last year he wrapped his car around a, a telephone pole and he's been in a coma for like eight months and and like just just tons like i feel like everyone in my circle's got crazy shit going on like that and it's, it's so it's bizarre man but um yeah all hip-hop records from the from the get-go because that's it you know i looked i looked to a lot of the musicians that wanted to like branch out into like a world audience and it seemed like the, the local hip hop scene, like they all wanted to, to, to hit it off like big time. And they were all like, 
going out and trying to get features and, and, and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of, a lot of guys from my circle, like the Natra. Yeah. You know, I've worked with, with Natra before. He, he's, uh, he lives in Kitchener too. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of promising talent though from that town. It's very funny, you know, like in my close group of friends, like all of them that were artists have gone on to, to do pretty exciting things. Like one of my good friends, the, went on to be uh one of the, the creative directors for Brockhampton. Yeah. So I think I think my whole group of friends was like, it doesn't <laughs> matter where you're from, let's like let's move outside, let's let's always look for outside work. Let's, you know, be on forums, let's be talking to people. And like that's 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 stuck with me. Yeah. So I think for me too, like growing up in Toronto, growing up in North York, for me I've always felt like the internet has been my tool, more so than the city that I'm from. So then it's allowed me to connect mm. and do all those sorts of things. So growing up in Kitchener, there are the, you know, the positives and the negatives, but I think as I in agreeing with you, you know, you could literally, you can do it anywhere. It just depends on how you come about doing it. So mm -hmm. one of the main things that you, you, we talked about early too, is the idea of even before music was the focal point, you really wanted to be like a photojournalist and this idea yeah. and this idea of telling a story and wanting to tell a story and learning that idea not to touch upon the whole photojournalist aspect, but how has that helped you along this career path so far in learning that, like telling a story? Well, I think at the basis of all art, all expression is a story. And I mean, when you look at photojournalism, it's absolving yourself to tell the best story possible, you know, out of, situation and also trying to tell the story as honestly as possible because you know i think that's one of the misconceptions about like journalism in general is like you know i think you need to understand who writes the story who's a part of it and because because nothing can ever be completely like you know this is a factual article yeah unless unless it's like this man was in this room, yada, yada. And, 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 but when it comes to emotional journalism, which I think is like, when you have a good writer, you know, like yourself, like someone who's passionate about the work, it can create something powerful. And like, you know, when I think about that and how it applies to music, I think of like, well, A, when I'm writing a song, what do I want to say? And I'll consider myself a journalist, a journalist. Cause it's like most of the stuff I write about is, you know, things I've amassed experience in in life. And I try to tell my story honestly. And I try to tell the story of the people around me or the people that have been in my circle, honestly. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the, the biggest impact it's had. For sure. And the song that really turned me into a fan of yours and which honestly, I still consider like my favorite track of yours, your first song, Bad Child. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, man, like that. Like still to this day, like that, incredible. Um, so talk to me about that song in particular, just because you know it's it's your it's self titled as well. You know your name is Bachelor as an artist. That, that that for me was my introduction to you. In terms of that single, and with now having a release sign up that we'll talk about and more songs. How does that song? How do you? How does that song make you feel now? Given everything that's happened, because to me, to me, it's like a special record. But for you, I would like to know how that is. 
Well, that song, that song is always going to be a stone in my stomach and it's always going to carry that weight with me. To me, that's the most important song I think I've ever written just because it's, uh, I think the most honest and it, it came at such an important time in my life where, you know, it wasn't that I didn't believe in myself or I didn't know what I was, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, like, like when I was 16, my mom died in my arms and, you know, the post-traumatic stress, the anxiety, the uh, uh, battles with like addictions and and uh, stuff like that, that really was like, I was kind of spiraling. And uh, that song fell out of me in, in two days. I produced it all, I, I wrote it all, and it just, just came out of me. And I, I just put it online. Right when it was done, it took three days from start to putting it online because I was like, "Man, I need to, yeah, I need to say something." Like I, I, I just felt like I. It's so funny. It's like what what lengths people will go to when they feel like they don't have a voice. And I, I guess at that time period, I felt like I didn't have a voice, or nobody understood my pain, and uh, not even myself for that matter. And then you know, putting it into music was very therapeutic and. When it uh, when it got into the, uh, the sound stream and it was out there, you know, I, I just put it on SoundCloud and it did well. And I went that that song to me was when I decided what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. That that was a, a very uh, cathartic moment. Yeah, I think artists that I like, you know, you included, I think I connect so much on the level when an artist is so honor, honest and vulnerable and they're showcasing how they really feel. I think that's like when the best music is made, you know, and I think, I think that's why yeah. I was really drawn to that song because it was so vulnerable and so honest. And, you know, it was just, I think even as well, like I think for even fans of music, we kind of forget that it's not just about the music. You know, the lyrics are, are just important and there's a person behind the artist and things like that. So for you, yeah. I think around that time, you just going a bit forward. We were talking, I think, the breathing fire video is just about to come out and then wow yeah exactly and then you release sign up and i think at the time i was talking to you about the idea of releasing a full length and and that whole thing talk to me about how you were on the verge of releasing sign up and how it felt it finally being out there because even the way the project is built just the idea of you know sign up and all of these like voice and all that the cool stuff that you did on that release like tell me about that because mm -hmm. when i was listening to that i'm like wow this is like an experience you know it's not just about the music well to me it was a very important project for me to put out it 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 felt like uh to me it explored you know more of the the relationships i've had in my life and Stuff like that and it was just important for me to take time to understand and man like that 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 point in my life uh so different man right. I, I feel like i've i've aged like, 50 years me since too then. Like, since, yeah like it's been it, it feels so long that's even for me but yeah keep going it, 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 it's a uh, it's pretty cool and in, in retrospect uh, i'm happy with the project and uh you know, I think it, ex it explored some, some really important parts of myself. And because that's, that's how I think about it. It's like, when I release something, I want it to be uh, important to me, you know, and uh, 
that that's the thing I can proudly say is that I haven't put out anything that hasn't felt important to me. And you know that that whole that whole project at that point in my life it, it feels a, a bit more boyish now to like look back at that and be like, yeah, it was me. Like uh, you know what I mean. And, yeah. and since then, I, I feel like I've. It sounds strange. I feel like I become a man. Like you know, I just I look at myself now and my aspirations and my music, and I'm like, wow, man. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we, I, I learned. Exactly, and as well too. One of the one of the big points of how you are as an artist is the way you carry yourself on stage, and of course your visuals too, and how like I saw at the sign up release when you performed and these visuals and things like that. I know I think we uh we had a conversation about like Yeezus or like you know Radiohead and how like big artists have these like projects but it's so much more than just the music where there's like the soundscapes or the visuals mm. for you talk to me about how especially given that summer you would go on to have these big festival runs you know Lollapalooza and all those things talk to me about how important for you as an artist visuals are but also the performing aspect as well well, to me, when we talk about visuals, I think uh, it needs to be synonymous with a modern artist. I, th I think, you you know, you can't just be concerned about the music. You need to be concerned about how you visually represent it. Because I think uh, mentally, people will tie a lot to a, a visual. And if you know how to direct the mind through a, a, a visual before they've even heard the song, then then you're a genius, first off. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think anybody's hit that perfect, but like, you know, you think about some contemporaries that have done stuff like that, and it's just like, man, like... Right. And, and, and you know, for, for me as well, it's like the visual landscape of the project I'm, I'm working on is just, I'm really trying to make sure it's as honest to myself as possible, and that like, you know, a lot of people will develop a visual box they won't go outside of. But I want to take the box apart and I want all of my music videos to be their own experience, their own landscape. And, you know, it's because to me, it's like as an artist, I, I feel like um, the type of music I make and the type of visual art I make, I don't want to ever box it in. I want it to breathe and move from place to place and yeah. advance and evolve like a... Uh, you know, if you look at David Bowie's career, then then, you know, he started off a little bit boxier, and then he just started doing anything he wanted to. Exactly. Like that's the, that stuff I admire. Um, as for performance, man, like that whole uh, that festival tour was amazing. It was one of the best times in my life. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really exciting because people really resonated when we did uh, Lollapalooza. We had, it felt, it must have been 10,000 or more people. And a lot of them knew the words. Oh, that's... And it blew my mind because, you know, you get these, uh, you get these local shows or, you know, you headline your own tour and whatnot. And everyone that comes to these shows, you, you, you know, oh, they'll know the words. Yeah. But when you get into a festival setting, you're just kind of like, you know, am I on after a big act or, you know, what's the, what's the scenario? And when, when we played there, it was uh, interesting. We played right after uh, Jaden Smith and Harry Hudson. And uh, 
like me and Jaden have a, like a few connections um, just through mutuals. And yeah. so he's, he's chilling and I'm like, yo, that's good, man. So we started talking and cause like we were just setting the stage up and stuff. And I was like, yo, we're going to play right now if you want to chill. And so he chilled out the whole show. Yeah. We were playing. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it was just a, yeah, it's cool. But it's also like learning not to get distracted by that stuff, you know? Cause like it's more, cool experience start start happening it's just like man like they're everyone's a person and like you know it's just like you should just be happy to be there it's 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 exciting yeah i think you know when i like saw like the list of like all the shows that you were doing and things like that for me it's like on the outside looking in i'm like as like a city as like a country to see an artist performing at those big shows kind of gives like the spotlight to other artists in the city like you know it's possible you know, someone else is doing it like that's it, inspirational and i think even for you i think you um i think you had a piece of news in the kitchener news i think like being highlighted yeah. it's in moments like that like that, that i'm just like yeah. that's so amazing you know but um on that note too just going back to sign up i guess how was yeah. it like um how has it been like performing these songs i know um you don't have like a big catalog yet so I know um, it must have been like, just the idea of just performing these songs and and the, not to get to it now, but the couple of songs that you've just released, like talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, it's funny, you know, we talked about catalog and to me, it's more of a timing thing. My back catalog is huge. It's hundreds of songs. The vault. Yeah, my, my vault. And like, I mean, like ready to go and uh, to me, like the most important thing is like time and place. When is the audience ready for something like this? When, you know, cause you want to build naturally. And yeah. like, my thing too is like, you know, if I release like two LPs, cause I, I, I have enough work that I could proudly release, I think maybe three albums that I'm happy with. But that being said, if I'm, if I'm rolling like that and I'm dropping three albums, people, people are gonna be like, yo, that's yeah. like way too much music. That's way too much stuff to understand at once. And, you know, as for playing them, it's, it's so funny. I thought I would get bored of them. In yeah. all honesty, I, you know, trash my own music. I thought I would be like, ah, oh, you know, I'd sing that song every night. It's, not, it's natural, too. It's natural, too. Yeah. But I really, I, I find a second love for playing the songs live. Because, you know, when we when we play with a band now, we've got, like, live instruments and stuff and and it's just like you know watching the audience respond differently every night and like that's where i find the love for it it's just the the genuine excitement from the people that are that are you know responding to it there's this euphoria and there's like natural growth that the songs feel like way more alive it's 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 more than fun yeah now moving forward i know you released those, the two singles, the candy and mm-hmm. talking about those two singles and even the idea of being an artist and it being beyond the songs. How did it feel getting one of your songs on a movie soundtrack? Is that something that as an artist you've always wanted? Or I guess even the idea of like composing a film or like beyond it, like do you see mm-hmm. aspirations like that? And again, how did it feel having a song on the soundtrack? remarkably natural that's something i've always wanted and uh you know that that being said like 
you know, being among great company in the film. It's a very good film. And uh, I think it's a really good home for uh, uh, that song. It's, it's, it's funny because from the days I started music, I always admired the Trent Reznor's and Atticus Ross's and, you know, even like, uh, you know, Johnny Greenwood, like the, the, the artists who will, will disassociate from their own work to make a soundtrack. And that's something I've always been interested in. And, uh, you know, I've done quite a, a few like indie films under pseudonyms actually. And, yeah. uh, I've always loved making uh, film scores. And it's one of those things like I practice kind of in secrecy. And because uh, to me, it's like I want to practice as much as I can in secrecy, like get, get a bunch of cool, cool projects under my belt without my real name on it. And, uh, you know, when, when I'm ready and when the right project arises, it'll be like, okay, I'm going to score this movie. And, uh, yeah, it's like uh, the process I'm in right now is uh, looking at some good movies to score. So yeah, that's sure. something that's definitely in the docket. Yeah, I had a, I had a feeling like that you were that way too. Because even for me, like when it comes to like films, like like the Social Network soundtrack or like Blade Runner, like oh, I yeah. I love like scores and things like that. And I you know I had a feeling you did too. Because like Man. yeah yeah you can just uh, as you were saying like scores. Yeah, it's just you know you talk about Blade Runner like lush cinematic synth pads like to, to me the soundtrack is you know the second most important part of a film and it's just like the idea of uh subconsciously directing the audience and how they should feel emotionally it's just that's that excites me so much and like even the like second film blade runner with hans zimmer hans zimmer is a genius too. Yeah. Just like, it's, it's ridiculous like it's yeah and I had a feeling too, and even like becoming a fan of you, like as a fan of, and the way you as a, as an artist, it's very clear to to see artists that like care about certain things, like the details. And I know for you, like definitely care about the details. As an artist, do you feel that it's difficult to like hone that and really care and take your time to release in today's, I guess, music industry? Because for artists that care, like a Lord or like an Adele, and like. Any any artist, but just throwing those out there that that take their time, and they don't rush yeah. and don't rush releases. Like you said, you have three bodies of work that you can just release. Is it hard for you to hone that in, or for you is it something like you've had early on in your career? Like I care about what I'm doing, I believe in what I'm doing. I have people around me that care. So talk yeah. to me, talk to me about how that is from your perspective. Well, since day one, I've always thought it was better not to suffocate your own work. Because something I've always disliked is when I see an artist that, you know, even if they're good or not, it can it can become tiring if they're putting out body of work after body of work after body of work, and it, and it just becomes uh, like anything, noise, you know? And, and I think that's one of the, the biggest battles in modern music is when there's too much of anything, it can become noise. I mean, you, you want to build up the need for your music naturally. So, you know, if you don't release a song for three months when you put in a new one, people will naturally be drawn towards it and say, wow, there's something new. And, and you know, if your last single didn't blow ass, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people will naturally be, be drawn to these things. It's, it, I don't know. And it's, it's more about a saturation thing to me. It's like, you need to pick the moments where you saturate 
Yeah, for sure. So I, it's been it's been uh, important to me, I think, to take it slower because I, I like uh, feeling like I have control over uh, aspects of my career right now, and like especially with the release of music, if there's too much coming out, it's harder to control and give each song the love it deserves because I especially with the project uh, I've worked on there's a a lot of songs that you know a little bit more experimental where I feel like if they were tucked into a release they wouldn't get the love they deserve and it's really important to me that everything gets uh, the right attention creatively yeah and I think going back to earlier in your career with the idea of telling a story. I think for artists that take their time and they, you know, release records when on their own time and they really, they care about the project. I think for us as fans, we like, we believe in them more because we believe in the story. And I think for artists that release so much music and, you know, they're everywhere for us, it's like, it's too much. And the story becomes like, you kind of, forget why you're a fan it's just way too much and i think i'm always drawn to the artists that their story has stayed the same they've they've you know they've been who they are from the beginning and we see the progression you know their discography gets bigger and i think for you you see that the same way too so currently you released this beautiful cover of bill weathers uh talk to me about talk to me about why you decided that song in particular was the one that you wanted to cover. Well, it's so funny. I mean, you know, if we take a step back and look at Bill for a second, he he has always been, I think, my favorite soul singer on the planet. He uh, He's one of the people that, like, really got me thinking about writing and how important good writing is. And, uh, you know, you listen to this body of work. He, he's got a good song called Harlem. And he just talks about growing up in Harlem and uh, makes you feel like you're there. And uh, I've had this obsession with him for a a long time. And that song has been really important to me since I was 15. Uh, I've always loved uh, Hope She'll Be Happier. I think it's such a beautiful record. And when you listen to his version, he's got this like, beautiful like organ in the background and stuff and it's just uh to me with the series of covers i'm gonna be doing i wanted to connect with who i was again and 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 look back at songs that have been instrumental in making me who i am and uh it's it's been sort of a monumental task for me because you know i'm taking pretty much my favorite music of all time and I'm trying to make it my own which you know like so much of this music demands such a high respect especially for me I I look at some of the songs I'm trying to cover and I'm like oh fuck like yeah I can't fuck this one up this is like my favorite song yeah um and uh yeah especially like uh the the next song I'm doing you know it's just uh they're all very, uh, very close to me, and that that song's a big part of my heart and where I come from and who I am. Yeah, and as well with, you know, with "Lean on Me" and the rendition you did with all the other Canadians. Talk to me about how that was like, you know, because that must have been an amazing thing to do as well. Well, artists can uh, reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to be a part of it, and 
it was uh, really flattering, and you know, for two reasons. Uh, I've always loved that song. That's another song that's always had a humongous piece of my heart. Yeah. Through the, the way I grew up, man, and uh, you know, you got the Bill Withers double whammy, which is always good. Um, but that was a that was an excellent experience. It was very uh, very different, but it also shows you how resilient you know people are and especially during all of this stuff like we all did it remotely you know all of the artists recorded uh, their vocal and sent it you know via internet their own home studios and everything and it's just like it's exciting to see that the, the industry can still work you know and, and we can still be pushing stuff this way yeah for sure and um of course usually like it's been so weird i just like all these interviews that i've been doing recently because like i i usually i mean not even usually i always end it with like the rest of the year like how is it going you know shows you know new music and things like that mm -hmm. but you know with COVID 19 i have to like dial that back and really you know think of kind of a new way of saying it but for mm -hmm. you like again i know we talked about it earlier but like how have you been like you know like at home making music just in general, you know, especially with the, yeah. especially with all the things you've done recently, you know, have you, have you at least, have you had the time to like reflect like, wow, like all of these things are happening. This is, you know, this is what I worked so hard for and things like that. Or are you again, just like on to the next, on to the next kind of thing? Well, I mean, it's, it's been a good period to reflect, especially emotionally about what I want out of my career and my life. Because I, I think that's a, that's a very important thing. Like, I mean, you can have a successful artist with good music and they still won't know what they want. And I think that'll lead to some unhappiness. And, and uh, it's really important to me that throughout all of this, I'm emotionally growing as a person. You know, because there's nothing that scares me more than like, you know, this is, this might sound like stuck up, but like, man, like nothing scares me more than being 40 and rich off of music that I didn't like and, and just feel empty. Yeah, for sure. And, and just be like, man, like what the fuck did I do? You want it to matter. Yeah. It's, it's way, way more important to me that, that what I do matters because like, you know, that's a funny thing. Like this, this stuff matters so much to me. Like my music is like, when when I spend time on it, it, it's the most important thing to the world. Like to me, I'm like, wow, like this is a, this is important. These are ideas that like I want to talk to people about, and you know, conversations that I want to explore. That that's like to to me, I've had enough time to to unwind mentally and like refocus that energy I, I had on my career. And uh, I've worked on a lot of music the last couple of weeks. I've made like five or six songs that I'm, I'm just taking my time with them too. You know, I'm, I don't feel so uh, obligated to present them to anybody. It's just like, this is a, this is a natural process. And when it gets there, it gets there. And especially like looking forward this year, I'm going to be putting out a lot of music uh, because I think it's a, I think it's a perfect time for it, you know. And I, and uh, the other thing too is like I don't, I don't think it's the perfect time for a, a love song. 
right yeah. now either. The, the music I've written has been very emotional and angry and, uh, you know, some of the, I think the hardest records I've ever made. Um, and they're all going to be coming out very soon. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Again, man, you know, I'm a fan of your music, for like 100%, but more a fan of who you are as a person. I think, you know, the music that you're making really showcases that you really care about this. So getting you on the space has been like amazing, you know, an amazing conversation. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, honestly, I think... I know in this era of music, it's hard to um, mm-hmm. push away the noise of like, you gotta release, you gotta release. But I, be, I tell artists all the time, even for myself, like you can take your time with what you're doing and mm-hmm. that matters more. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, always have a fan in me here and you know, enjoy the rest of your day, man. And stay safe out here. I appreciate it so much, Jabril. You have a good day, okay? You too, man. Always nice talking to you. All right, easy, boss. Later.